Melissa would be like, you already have enough expensive hobbies. Stop it. <laughs> You're like, baby, the, the podcast is just raking in all this dough. How can I not be like buying all this stuff? I've got to be living a certain lifestyle, you know. Yeah, that's right. I I need to start really doing like 4K vlogs, you know, like just I really I got the itch and I need this camera for it. Welcome to another episode of Are You Ready for Another? The ongoing conversation about life, beer, and what lies ahead. I'm Michael Moyer and I'm Kevin Murphy. What are you drinking tonight, Kevin? Uh, my first beer tonight is Land Grant Brewery, and it is the Greenskeeper Session IPA. Hmm. It's actually probably, I would say, it's right underneath um, all day for me. Like, in, I want a really tasty, sessionable uh, IPA. This one is probably comes in number two. Hmm. Nice. So we will definitely have to have that on the... The IPA comparison episode. Yes, yes, definitely. <laughs> That'll be an interesting thing. So um, so just to remind everybody, we will be doing a comparison test of IPAs back-to-back because there's so many IPAs out there. So if you have any suggestions of IPAs that you would like to be a part of that, one, they need to be easily accessible to us to buy. <laughs> it can't be some crazy thing that we have to get from Tavor or something. Uh, but right. go ahead and email us at are you ready for another at gmail.com or go to the website and fill out the form there and let us know. Um, so hopefully we'll get some feedback on that because I think that could be a pretty interesting and fun episode. <laughs> right. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, my beer tonight is I thought I drank this before on the show, but looking at our notes, I haven't. But mine is Jackie O's Dark Apparition, and it's specifically their reserve. Um, it's an imperial stout that's okay. aged in bourbon barrels. The I generally they just have their dark apparition and dark mm-hmm. apparition is the one that you can get pretty much anywhere in Ohio. Uh-huh. It's an expensive bottle. You know, it's not a huge bottle, but I mean, it's definitely like you don't get a six pack of this. You buy it by itself and stuff. And I don't really know the full history of this, uh, of, of dark apparition, but it's definitely one of the oldest ones that I, I've known Jackie O's has had. Mm-hmm. And I would mm-hmm. say it's probably the first imperial stout that I was like, oh, I can like imperial stouts, you know? Yeah. Um, and this was a long time ago. Um, I, I found this article on hopculture.com, and it's and they, I guess they have a series called From the Cellar, and, uh-huh. and, and they will talk to the brewer or the owner about, like, how these beers came about and type stuff. So uh, this one is Jackie O's Dark Apparition. So it's a, it looks like an interview and a story, the background behind it and stuff. Um, so I'll, I'll share that because that, that probably can be an interesting uh, short read for people that are interested in it. But yeah. d- I will say Dark Apparition, you know, it's definitely one of the first beers that I, I like from a dark aspect, right? A- after the whole 312 and getting into the, to those type of like wheat beers and stuff. Dark Apparition was like, oh, hey, this is a different flavor profile, you know, outside of Guinness. Mm. You know, my only yeah. real interaction with stouts was was Guinness. And um, Guinness is good, but Guinness is like so tame and like non, um, non-offensive non <laughs> to yeah. the taste buds, you mm-hmm. know, like nothing to knock that. That's why it's been made forever, you know, but, yeah. <laughs> but um, Dark Apparition was the first one. I was like, ooh, that's like challenging challenging my my taste buds (laughs) (laughs) and my uh my friend nate you know he said "Ooh, it's like drinking motor oil (laughs) (laughs) 
but in a good way. Uh, so I, I think I should talk to them and say, hey, you need to have that quote on, on your bottles. It's like right, drinking motor right. oil. <laughs> so for the listeners that uh, – remember back a couple episodes ago when when we started talking about this crushability rating we lifted that rating from land grant uh brewery so i pulled up greens keeper um and they give it a six out of six in crushability oh cue the bumper <laughs> crushability. Get crushed. and i will say i would agree with that i think it's a six out of six crushability yeah um if i had to give Dark Apparition, a crushability score, it would have to be a one. It yeah. is. <laughs> I, it's delicious. I love it as a beer, but I'm not going to be crushing these all day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is um, irresponsible and dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> but um, Not to mention it would probably lead to a nasty ass hangover the next mm-hmm. day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, so thanks again, Land Grant, for forcing this crushability rating on yeah. us. <laughs> but everybody loves it. <laughs> we need to get a four again so that we can use Dustin's uh, four out of six right, uh, crushability right. bumper. So hopefully on the IPA episode, we can we can use that. Yeah. Um, yeah. That'll also give us an opportunity to create new bumpers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I think moving forward, I, I do want to have a It's Pretty Good from Kevin because that, that mm-hmm. is like the start even before we knew about this crushability thing. Right. Kevin just right. saying, it's pretty good. You know, that needs to be like a three, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, so you were telling me earlier that, that you're thinking of possibly renting a camera for a trip that you're going on. Uh, so like, where are you guys going? Uh, do you want to tell people or you just want to kind of keep it uh, unknown? Um. We'll keep it a secret for now. Um, I I don't like to 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 reveal the the um, news too soon. So, um, <laughs> but but anyways, uh, I kind of and I talked about this um, when we were talking about like hobbies and stuff like that. And I was I was saying, you know, I I used to be really into photography and I kind of fell away from it. You know, you know, like I it's so much easier to just have your phone in your pocket and pull it out. There is a saying called the best camera you have is the one that you have on you. Yeah. And that's very true. Right. 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 So we you know, we we have this this trip coming up. And I'll just say that there's going to be breathtaking landscapes to to witness. And so my thought was, okay, I could just take my phone like I, I always do, or I could look into running a camera. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've never done uh, any type of camera rentals, lens rentals before, but my thought is that I probably should take something that takes really good pictures, especially if I'm going to have like these super wide angle landscapes, you know, where I need an F stop of like 600 or something like that, just to be able to, to really get, you know, get a good picture. So I've, I've kind of been looking into it, but, um, 
there's a lot of decisions to <laughs> to be made here. You know, <laughs> like it's it's a little overwhelming. And I like I like no cameras. You know, mm-hmm. like I know what the different f stops do or why this lens is more expensive mm-hmm. than this lens. But but yeah, it's like it, yeah, it's kind of like there's a lot of choices to be had here. Oh yeah, and you know I went through a similar thing when. Um, before my daughter was born was I was like, okay, this is an opportunity. Our phones now do take pretty decent photos. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, you have your phone on you constantly and you can just pop it out and bam, you take an okay photo. But the quality difference you get with a really good like prime lens and a a decent digital camera is just so much better, right? Right, right. Um, and I, I went the same problem. I was like, okay, well, what am I going to do? I, I don't want to get something crazy that's going to be um, intimidating to not only me, but, like, I want other people in my family to just pick this up and take photos of my yeah. daughter, right? Like, yeah. I want it to be dead simple where it's like, if, if automatic is what I set it to, that it will still take better pictures than, you know, their phone and stuff. I mm-hmm. want it to be super dead simple. And so I, right, I, I definitely right. went down this rabbit hole of reviews and everybody has opinions on everything and every all, all this crazy stuff on on YouTube on uh photography blogs etc and it took me being at a work event where a, a, a we had hired a videographer to come and just kind of get tons of b-roll then we were doing interviews and we we're going to create mm-hmm. a little like 3 minute video of post the event mm-hmm. and he was using this is like a professional guy, right? That was doing video and stuff. He was using a Sony A sixty three hundred, and I was like, "That's that's not a crazy expensive camera, right? That's mm-hmm. that's, um, you know, at the time when he bought it, it was probably eight hundred bucks, but now it's down to like four or five hundred dollars, right?" Know? Uh-huh. And I was talking to him. I was like, "Hey, I'm, my wife's pregnant, and we're gonna have a baby. Like, and I just want to take." Good photos, maybe some good video, but definitely good photos. And I want it to be a simple camera. And he's like, this is the one to get. And I was like, oh, okay. So that right there was immediately like, I, I'd read all the, I'd read the wire cutter and yeah. all this stuff. And they were like, oh, get the Olympus, get this, get this. And I was just like, yeah, but like, I want, I wanted a specific use case scenario, right? Of like, I'm going to, it's ba- mainly for baby photos, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And then this led me to a YouTuber called, um, uh, technology mafia and uh he <laughs> actually just changed his name um his youtube channel used to be called technology Ma- mafia but now that he's like yeah i was like 18 when i came up with the name now he just goes by his real name which is arthur r yeah um and i kind of came across him and he shot everything with an a6300 and really his channel is kind of just about not cameras but about everything with the A6300 and lenses and accessories, gimbals, all that type right, of stuff. Right, right. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. And his wife uh, was about six months ahead uh, more pregnant than Katie was at the time. So it was like this perfect, like, you know, he, he was coming through a similar situation. So, like, I mm-hmm. literally, like, just pretty much would rewatch like 50 times his video on a particular thing. And I'd have a list of lenses. Okay. I've narrowed yeah. it down to these 10 lenses. You know, there's the Sony one. There's the, the really expensive Sony one. There's the, um, you know, Sigma, which is also a Japanese lens, but you know, it's, it's not a Sony brand. So it's like half the price and all this type of stuff. And, and it was, it was difficult, but I, I ended up with, um, uh, 
it just so happens that Sony released an A6400, um, which is just a slightly newer model, uh, like a week before my daughter was born. <laughs> <laughs> so I ordered that one. Yeah. Got the two lenses, and I'll link to, to what I got. Um, uh, but it's been... I, I couldn't be happier with my purchase for what I right. wanted it for. Right. And so you you were talking about wanting to, to rent this camera, or rent a camera, and I think you even mentioned renting like mine. I was like, well, if you're going to rent one, why don't you just get like a, an amazing one, right? Yeah. yeah. It's an opportunity <laughs> to get a three or $4,000 body, right? camera body, for like a few hundred bucks, right? Yep, yep. And and you know what? Just kind of perusing around this lensrentals.com, it's kind of nice because like so I've I've clicked on the Sony Alpha A7R3 body, which I think is uh, Sony's kind of flagship DSLR right now. Um, and on the left hand side, it has a recommendation, you know, recommendation section. Mm-hmm. So you can like click on lenses, and it's going to give you like six seven lenses that it recommends and to be honest with like i'm sure people could argue like why would you get that lens when you could get this lens but at the end of the day this is still all of this stuff is just super high level pro level stuff yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's not like i'm be like oh man that that sony fe 24 to 70 millimeter it just it just it wasn't doing it for me i just my my shots of my dinners just don't look as crisp as you know like <laughs> like all of this stuff is going to be like more than adequate for yeah, for yeah. what what i'm going to need it for and- um but you you had recommended instead of going with uh kind of like a a lens that one lens to rule them all so to speak mm-hmm. is is to maybe get something different. Yeah, I would probably recommend a like a wide angle lens and like a nice kind of portrait lens, especially okay. if you're going to be somewhere beautiful. You really want to get those nice wide shots of right. Stuff. Right. right, and you don't want to go like too super wide. You don't want, like a fish eye lens. Yeah, right? but, yeah, definitely but just, don't want that. But just like a nice, decent wide um, angle lens, just to kind of get those gorgeous vistas. Right. And then when you're like more intimate, like the the sun's starting to come down, and you want to take some pictures of uh, Melissa, your wife, and stuff, or or you want those really gorgeous food shots. That's when you switch <laughs> to the you know the the, the, the nice like you know, portrait lens and stuff. Right, right. And and what's you can also just rent a bag from them too. You know, you can get like they have kits, right? They're like, oh, we have an underwater kit, you know, and they send you all the stuff you need for the underwater kit, or you get. The... Oh, that's that's really cool. I just saw that. Yeah, and yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, I mean, it's more expensive, obviously, but yeah, but they build yeah. these kits where like. I remember because um, how I found out about Lens Reynolds was um, I will be a put on my photographer hat sometimes for for the company that I work for, and so we'll have mm-hmm. big events, and we need just instead of hiring a photographer, I'm already there. They're like, "Hey, Michael, you do it," and I was like, "Well, I want to take good photos." <laughs> um, yeah, you know? yeah. I actually had a person tell me once that they were like, "Hey, can you come take photos?" And he just showed up with his like iPhone four, <laughs> 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 and he's like, "Sure, I'll take photos." And they were like, um, and, "But you know." He needed context, right? And so, right, right. So I went in, you know, like, okay, well, I need to, to be a professional about this. And I rented a um, a Canon 70mm, uh, 200mm lens. And 
it's like if you bought it, it's like sixteen hundred dollars or something for this lens. Mm-hmm. But like, I really wanted a lens, and this is this is kind of when I realized, oh, I don't really need the super zooming aspect of it. Like, I probably would have just been more fine with the super zoomed already in lens, like getting a two hundred yeah. mi- mi- millimeter f- up front, and then just getting a seventy separately because I I, I need to switch constantly, um, anyways. But getting that lens made me realize, oh yeah, this is awesome. I get to try out a lens. I probably never would have bought this lens ever in, you know, real life. Uh-huh. But it gave me the opportunity to see what worked and what didn't work. And so one year, I actually got one of their packages. I got the wedding photography package, which came with, like, a 50-millimeter lens, a zoom lens, a, uh-huh. you know, all this uh-huh. stuff. And I was like, and then I, I quickly realized, oh, you know what? I don't really use this lens too much. I, I just use these two lenses. So moving forward, I've 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 kind of made my decision of what I, w- I would uh, work with. And so that's why I was like, maybe look on Lens Rentals for, you know, vacation package or something right, like that, where, right. where they've kind of built the package for you um, would yeah. be really helpful. So I just found they have one. It's called the Wildlife Kit for the Sony E-mount. And so it comes with the 24 to 70 mil uh, with uh, uh, aperture of four. Um, then a 70 to 300 mil, which 4.5 to 5.6 aperture on it. Uh, you have the Sony Alpha A7R2 body, three batteries, and two memory cards mm-hmm. for $250 for a week. Yeah, I, I think... That's like perfect. Yeah, that... And which one is that? That's the E-mount, Sony E-mount? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, the okay. Alpha A7R2 yeah. is the body. Yep, okay. I'm just going to link it in the show notes. Because I, I think right there is your, your answer. You know, yeah. it, they, they've already done the work for you. And uh-huh. it, it's $257, but, like, you don't have to stress about being like, oh, which lens pairing do I do and all this stuff. And I'm right. sure right. the photos you get out of that, you're going to just be like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm sure if somebody zoomed in on some of those, be like, well, that lens, if you would have gotten this, you know, you could have gotten you know, less bloom or something, whatever. Right, right. But I think you're going to be super happy if you go with that. I think that's oh, perfect. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's really cool. I'm excited. I'm excited to see some of these photos. And yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to hear about where you're going. I know the listeners are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think it. I think it'll be cool. But it, it, it kind of, you know, like I was saying um, about, like, I almost feel like I've gotten lazy with, with uh photos and you know i've i've been able to be blessed to go on these really interesting trips and i'm like why don't i you know obviously i don't want to go out because i you know it would be like this package alone would probably be like three grand or four grand of of if you would buy all these pieces individually so i'm not i'm not ready to deep dive back into it that much yet (laughs) but it still would be cool to have, like you know, really you know, really nice uh, equipment to to oh, take yeah. these pictures for. Because I look, I, so I used to have a well, I actually I still do have it. Um, it's a Nikon D sixty, and I got it probably probably close to probably close to twelve thirteen years ago, something like that. Um, and it's just looking at those pictures. It's just, it's weird how you can tell that difference Mm -hmm. between a camera phone and a DSLR, you know? And that was one from 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. So I can't even imagine just how 
crisp and mm-hmm. just yeah. Well, and it's like it, it, they will keep getting better at processing images on our phones and making their colors better and everything. And mm-hmm. but they can't fight physics. Having that little of a lens on a phone can do amazing things, right? But physics doesn't allow for light to come yep. into that size of a thing, right? And so yep. if you get a nice chunky big lens, it's gonna suck in all the light possible oh, and yeah. you're just gonna get great detail and stuff. Right. Know? And it especially, you know, we're we're going to be in areas where I could probably do I don't I don't know if I want to take a tripod with me, but it's certainly if you see those gorgeous pictures of like long exposure times of, uh-huh. of the Milky Way and stuff that's the kind of shots I could potentially get, you know. And and shots of your food. Yeah. <laughs> Long exposure shots of uh, me eating my food. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that'll be fun. And and, and I've, I've rented from Lens Rentals a few times, and, you know, I've nothing but good things with them. They they send right. you what they they say they're going to. They give you nice packaging so you can put it back, and then you, sh- yeah. you drop it off at a UPS or FedEx, whatever. It is. Okay. okay. Um, and and you're good and stuff. Like it doesn't matter. Like if you get it shipped to your home, you can just have it shipped from wherever you go, right? Like yeah. so, you, you don't uh-huh. need to travel back with it uh, when you get home and stuff. So I just plan for that if if you have it shipped from your home because I do think. They don't like shipping to hotels just because, oh, okay. we, it never showed up, you know, and, and then it's on you to pay for the camera and stuff. Right, right. I, I do think they have a um, a lost or like a damage or lost insurance plan, and it's not that expensive. It's like another 60 bucks. And okay. so that way, if something does happen to it and right, oh, it fell right. in the water and we lost it to a shark or something. Yeah. <laughs> You're not spending two grand. You're only spend. You're it, it, you had the insurance for sixty. Bucks. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just kind of a more of a peace of mind uh, that I would recommend getting it and stuff. Okay, yeah, I'll definitely have to look into that. And then if you love it, they do offer you. Hey, you just want to keep it, and they give you a discount because yeah. it's like a used <laughs> package, and you can be like, "Yep, I." Sure. What's two grand? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's probably even more than that for what the package you're getting. But oh, I know. <laughs> And then Melissa would be like, you already have enough expensive hobbies. Stop it. <laughs> You're like, baby, the, the podcast is just raking in all this dough. Yeah. <laughs> How can I not be like buying all this stuff? I've got to be living a certain lifestyle, you know? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I need to start really doing like 4K vlogs, you know, like just I really I got the itch yeah. and I need this camera for it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so speaking of 4K... I found out something today, and I'm super freaking annoyed about. So over the weekend, I went to the Apple store, and I got a 4K Apple TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, you know, I have a 4K TV in like our our primary uh, living room area, and then the TV that used to be there, which is just a 1080p. We we put it downstairs in the basement, mm-hmm. and it's going to be like part of the like the exercise place Mm -hmm. and so i moved i moved the old apple tv down there so we can still like watch tv and everything yeah so i'm obviously i got this shiny new 4k apple tv and what is the one source that you can go immediately get 4k content to view uh netflix 
Okay, what is the other source? <laughs> um, YouTube. Yes, YouTube. But YouTube does not freaking support 4K on the Apple TV 4K. How jacked up is that? It's something to do with Google's codec mm-hmm. that they use and Apple, and neither Google or Apple wants to play nice with one mm-hmm. another. So now I have this 4K Apple TV, and I can't even watch full 4K videos <laughs> on my TV. Mm-hmm. Did did you know about this? Yeah, so, <laughs> so Google, it, I don't know, it's one of these... I kind of agree with both sides. Um, a few years ago, Google, and I'm going to butcher the terminology, but for a very long time, you know, the H.264 codec is what everybody was using, right? And it's a very good uh, codec, and it get, can do awesome videos and stuff. Well, Google had created or introduced their own codec, Mm-hmm. called the VP9 codec, right? And it was supposed okay. to be more efficient and all this type of stuff. And they were like, hey, moving forward, anything above 1080p, um, you, you have to use this VP9 codec to, to, for okay. it to work. Right. Now, uh, Apple's come back, and, and of course, Google says it's open source, right? Like, oh, it's an open source thing. But it's not really. Uh, there's like some legal stuff in there, and Apple has their own legal things to fight and so their reasoning yeah. is no it's not truly open source h264 is and we're going to stick with that so if you buy an apple tv movie or an itunes movie or whatever at 4k you can play th- that content at 4k yeah no problem right right um, right and a lot of other services support that h264 but it's just google with youtube is is pushing this yeah and it's it's i don't know it's because the same thing happens your your ipad people have ipads now they could easily display 4k content they can't Uh because the youtube app doesn't support any other codecs at that high right right resolution and so so So, it's kind of it it is an annoying thing because you you have this uh fancy new thing and you know right right like i just because i always i always go down um to see like basically google or you youtube has a thing where it could it auto like it you know you could say pick my resolution for me or select the resolution mm-hmm. and so i'll do that sometimes where i'm like i'll i'll wait for it to load some that way i know it's not like you know uh decreasing in quality to to make sure it plays in time yeah yeah and yeah i, I discover i was just like wait why is this you know this video says it's 4k but why is it just 1080p is the highest I can go? And yeah, so I looked it up and I was just like, motherfucker. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> now, your yeah, TV probably uh, does have a built in app store or something, right? It, it, yeah, it, yeah, it, do, it does have the, the Roku yeah, okay. operating system so, built into it. Yeah, so you could probably get youtube working 4k there you know? right right but and, it's just like the the fact of the matter it's just like you know it got this because like i don't have a problem with roku but like i also just i i i missed using the apple tv yeah um for just using it for everything and so like i don't I don't want to like play that game where I'm just mm-hmm. like, well, we can use Roku for this and yeah. Apple TV for this. Like, I just want like one device, yep. you know, and and um, 
So yeah, I like I like Apple TV. I I really enjoy using it. I like the remote. I'm glad they they changed the remote on the 4K Apple TV, so you, you can freaking tell which direction <laughs> the the remote is pointing when you're in a black room. Um, but yeah, now, to be so. fair, the the remote still is really shitty. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like Apple wants to make everything simple and clean and stuff, but a remote is. Yeah, the like antithesis of that. It needs to be functional and have big chunky buttons that people can just li- pick up in the dark and be like, "Yep, that, that yeah. feels like a remote." But <laughs> there was so many times with the old Apple TV remote, we would have it. T- we would it would be turned around, and we're like, "God damn it!" <laughs> so it got to the point where I hatch- actually had to put like a like some type of marking on the bottom of it just so <laughs> so we could know it was pointing the right direction you know it's just it's ridiculous but need, needless to say i'm i'm still happy that i got my per you know i'm still glad i got the 4k apple tv but yeah. it just it's it's annoying yeah. like that's just it yeah yeah and what's what's kind of <sighs> Yeah, it's just it, it. It's one of those stupid things. You're like, why? Just right, you know, right. Your act together, both of you. Like they're both acting like petulant children for whatever their their stances uh-huh. are. Right, right, right. And and, and 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 like most things, when corporate entities bicker and fight, it's not the corporations that suffer. It's their users. It might not be a huge deal. Oh, I'm not seeing as many pixels, but at the same time, that happens on so many levels beyond just a codec right it, it's mm-hmm. just this bickering of, of stupidness and stuff so uh, as much as the apple tv remote is not ideal i would recommend um a universal remote and it's what we use at home and a lot of people when they hear that they're like they think some crazy complicated thing and you know yeah. it does yeah. all this stuff the remote i recommend it's not that expensive it's like 60 bucks or something <laughs> okay it's the Harmony. It's a Logitech remote, but it's the Harmony 665, and I, I shared the link in the show notes. But it, but it's just a super simple, kind of like typical remote. You know, if you picked it up, you'd be like, "Oh yeah, this is a remote." But the main difference uh-huh. is is you can say, "Hey, um, you could literally sign a button called YouTube, right?" And when you say, "I want to watch YouTube right now," you'd you'd hit the button, and it would say, "Oh, we need to switch the channel to the Roku." and go to the YouTube app or, you know, whatever it is and stuff where okay. you're not getting the ideal situation where the Apple TV is everything that you're using. But like if Melissa came down and was like, well, I want to watch uh, Netflix or something, um, she would know to just switch back to, you know, the Apple TV and it'd be a button that you could program on the thing and stuff. Yeah. And, it's, and I think you can program like five different things. Like one of mine is um, watch a movie and that turns on the Xbox because I wanted, like, that's our Blu-ray player and our DVD player okay. and stuff for KD. Right, right. I didn't want to have to remember, oh, yeah, it's the Xbox that plays Blu-rays, you know. Um, yeah. And then yeah. the other is watch TV. What that does is turns the channels and does everything to the Apple TV. Um, and then I have one that's just called Nintendo Switch. So what that does is I have also have an, an audio receiver, right, for all this stuff. So it'll turn the audio receiver on. So if everything's off, it'll turn that on. It'll turn the TV on. It'll turn the the Xbox on it and you'll do all that stuff and it works yeah. with Apple TV and stuff. So it's if once you get it set up to how you want it, it's pretty nice. And okay. like if something doesn't work, there's a nice little help button and you just keep pointing at it and it'll figure itself out. It's it's not perfect. No no thing like that is perfect, but I'd say 98% of the time it makes 
life so much easier uh, yeah. for everybody that's not me. Like, I, I don't have to worry about, like, no, Katie, remember, you, you turn on the receiver first, and then you do the TV, and then right, make sure right. the receiver's <laughs> on HDMI 3, and, you know, like, all this yeah, stuff. Like, yeah. I'd remove that. If I die tomorrow, I don't think Katie would be like, well, how the heck do I turn on the TV if that remote ever disappeared, yeah. you know? <laughs> <laughs> she would just sell it all and then just buy a, <laughs> a, dip, right. uh, a, a Time Warner cable box and be like, oh, yeah, yeah. I understand that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'll definitely have to look into that because it, it does annoy it still does annoy me like so you know the you you can program the the apple tv remote to turn the volume up and down but you still need the other remote to actually turn the tv on yeah so it'd be not like i just i don't like having all of these remotes it's like i can navigate it but like you said if if anybody else comes in mm-hmm. if my if my parents were to come in they would be like wait what what remote i don't even know what remote to use mm-hmm. you know because none of these remotes are like oh this goes to the tv mm-hmm. this goes you know it's it's just all of this ridiculousness yeah i i would recommend just looking into this it's i don't even know where my apple tv remote is <laughs> you yeah. know um it's probably right. a, it's i probably put it back in the apple tv box gotcha and um katie and i've never upgraded from the apple tv 3 uh, so we still have the old interface um, okay. that's like literally here's just a list of stuff. And it's kind of uh-huh. funny because I'll hear people complain about like Amazon Prime's interface on not just Apple TV, but like all of their smart TV stuff. Like, yeah, it'll auto start playing videos and it'll do this. And everybody's like, oh, I hate it. And I'm like, ah, living in a 10 year old Apple TV where like there's literally no other way for Amazon to display stuff other than here's a picture and here's a wall of text like it's yeah. like <laughs> super simple and clean now it's not 4K but I I don't have a 4K TV so I'm, I'm right. gonna have to that I've been holding out like like <laughs> I'm not gonna get the 4K Apple TV or or anything like that until I get my dream TV in the the near future of five to ten years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay, so my second beer tonight, I'm sticking with Land Grant Brewery, and this is their Stiff Arm IPA. So one thing that I think is kind of cool is going from the Greenskeeper to the Stiff Arm. I can kind of taste the the variance in, you know, it's the same brewery, but it's like the the IPA. I can taste how how they've changed this IPA a little bit, you know. And so, like, the Stiff Arm, I think that's an accurate uh, name for it mm-hmm. because it definitely has more of a, like, a bitter bite to it where I could, could see, like, that's where the, you know, the, like, being stiff arm, like, you know, <laughs> you're kind of hit with that bitter bite mm-hmm. of it. Nice. That'll be another one we need to add to the, the tasting. Yeah. You know. I think like but, part of the fun of this is going to just be tracking down these IPAs to try out. You know? Right, right. <laughs> However, I am curious of what Land Grant says the crushability on this one is. All right, so, so let's see what what their scale is. Yep. So I'm I'm on Land Grant right now. I'm on the Stiff Arm IPA webpage, and hey, shout out to Land Grant. They have a beer that's out in the wild. It's not uh-huh. a, a special beer, right? It, it's right, and they have a web page dedicated to it. Let's get let's give a, a, a golf clap to uh, Land Grant. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Nothing against uh, Beer Advocate, and I, right, I want to link to the official 
cage and let people decide what other places yeah. they want to go to. But right, more right. often than not, it'll just be like, hey, we've here's our website. And then, oh, we have some beer, but they don't really like it. Yeah. But, but good on Land Grant. Especially they've got their... Um, their podcast too on on each of the pages but right right and you know what i like about it is nice in that nice little text box everything you want to know about it is right there yep you everything. Know? yeah like Style. what hops they use ABV. what malts they yeah, yeah. it's it's uh, yeah let's just copy land grant for everything we do yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but okay kevin you're on the page yeah all right so yeah w- what's their crushability on on the stiff arm ipa so they give it a four out of six. Oh, crushability. you, Dustin. It's crushable. Oh, that's awesome. So what do you give it? Man, I, so I, you, you know what I should have done is I should have rated it before I went there. Because now I feel like that primed me for, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah, let's Yeah, let's but rewind. you know what? I feel like <laughs> I, four, four feels like a good number for yeah. this one. Yeah. Yeah. They chose like four. I, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that they have a season as, as well. Uh-huh. Um, now, I wonder, like, uh, is it because places like, and, and it's not just Great Lakes that does this, but, you know, Great Lakes has their Christmas ale, right? So they only brew that around Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Is that what they mean by season? Or do they mean this is when you can drink it? <laughs> like, <laughs> this is great for the fall. But it, it's probably like, hey, this is brewed year-round. This isn't a, a special yeah. seasonal beer yeah. and stuff. <laughs> Because if you look on their website, they have a uh, seasonal plus limited release section. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, like, uh, they have a Belgian blonde, which is only available in February. <laughs> I love this. So, they have a uh, Columbus Crew inspired juicy pale ale, and the availability, it just says soccer season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... And I played soccer. I don't even know when soccer season is. (laughs) 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 Oh, that's fun. Yeah, good on Land Grant. I I like... They're doing it right, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're definitely doing it right. And I even just love their their graphic designer they have. So if you scroll down, you just start getting... Seeing, like, all their other cans, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And it's just a slight... A slight illustration of their can you know it, it, it's not a hundred percent like a photo and they just they, i don't know it just adds a little character to it i, I don't know uh-huh. I, I appreciate them uh, for yeah. that you know so good on them um uh, being a columbus brewery and stuff but um so for my second beer um if i had a drum roll i'd give it it is the exact same beer i was drinking before <laughs> <laughs> uh this beer um the dark apparition reserve is 12.8% alcohol by volume so holy shit i katie's not um sharing beers with me tonight so i'm drinking this bottle it's it's only a 12 ounce bottle but you know that's that's a lot of beer so i'm, yeah. I'm just continuing yeah. the same bottle that i had before <laughs> right because right. again with the crushability of this beer only being one it um is not something that you're chugging you know it, it's definitely a sipping beer <laughs> yeah Cause, yeah because it's just it takes a while to to drink these and stuff so so yeah i'm going to be continuing this and you know okay follow up um it's still a one out of crushability uh, index um one of the things that happens with Imperial Stouts, at least with me, is 
it reminds me of coffee, how coffee coats your mouth, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why I tend not to like coffee is because the coating that coffee leaves after you drink it and it goes down, it's like, oh, I have coffee breath and I'm tasting that coffee thing. This Imperial Stout, and not, not just this one, but a lot of them, it, it's doing that same thing. So over the course of the last 45 minutes of us talking, um, it's like primed my mouth for to continue drinking it if that makes sense right like it's (laughs) it's like that initial like woo that's motor oil now i'm like okay motor oil my body just needs the motor oil so i can you know it's it's it the flavors kind of changed a little bit you know just because my mouth is and i'm drinking water at the same time but like i don't know it's just kind of it's it's changed the profile of it a little bit that that's kind of made it a fun to to rethink that um what it's actually happening over the course of an hour you know right right so would you say like are you like about halfway through the bottle like how how much have you drank so far yeah i'm I'm halfway um okay yeah like, so I, are you already feeling it with that 12 and a half percent oh oh yeah yeah like i'm yeah. i'm like this is the equivalent to like yeah <laughs> I, I mean it's like so uh, yeah right now i'd be three three beers deep and a normal right. IPA, right? <laughs> right. And yeah. I, I, t- I tend to feel after two beers, you know. So right. I've I've got my my head's got a little like tinge to it, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I could still uh, pass a breathalyzer test, probably, but like you know, the, the the officer might be like, "I'm gonna keep an eye out on you," you know, that type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, I'm in my basement and I'm not going anywhere. So <laughs> right, right. <laughs> And, and back to kind of what our topic was before we got new beers is like running lenses and all that type of stuff. What's uh-huh. great and what I've realized is you can rent anything, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> um, for a long time, like I would be like, oh, I'd love to have a chainsaw, right? For that one time that I needed a chainsaw, you know, like, but there's so many places that offer the ability to rent a chainsaw. And so not only are you getting like something that you need one time, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. also you know that it's you could get a nicer one than you would buy yourself for right. hundreds of right. dollars and you're just renting it for 50 bucks and stuff. And so it's like that mentality of like, well, why should I just... I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's where we grew up, but the, always the idea is like, oh, we should buy that so we own it, even if we only use it one time you know, right. in our life and stuff. And, and I, I think more now than ever, it's easier to find places to be able to rent something and Mm -hmm. and we're not talking about like rent to own where you're getting gouged every month like oh look you're just renting it until you own it you know two years later yeah Um, yeah you know driving up to visit my parents to lancaster there's a billboard that is shows a nintendo switch and it's like i don't know if it's rent to own it's some rental place but they're like as low as 30 dollars a month and then i looked Mm -hmm. looked it up and a Nintendo Switch costs $300 to buy, brand new. Uh-huh. And I, I don't remember the cost of what they said per month, but it was like 30 bucks a month. But you had to do it for a minimum of like 12 months or a minimum of something ridiculous, right? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and think about that for a second. If it was only 12 months, you're paying $60 premium, which isn't too bad, right? You're, you're, you're getting this thing over the time. But I think it was even more than that. I think it was 18 months. So if you're paying $30 for 18 months, that's $540. And so you're p- paying $240 over what you could just buy it brand new. 
Yeah. And now rent to own loves that because they're making money off you. Right. And the people that rent it love it because, oh, we get to have a switch or whatever it is. It's a TV. Right. Right. And, you know, I think it it speaks to our our culture right now is, is people have a lot of credit card debt. And then, you know, I'm definitely not one to talk negative about that because I had a lot of credit card debt for a period of my life. You know, it's paid off now, thankfully. But like, I remember growing up and layaway was everything that my mom did. Mm-hmm. And I don't know the last time that I've heard of a place doing layaway. Like maybe Kmart still does, but like that used to be the norm, right? Well, yeah, I'll, I'll buy that, but I'm just going to give you a little money every now and then yeah. um, to, you know, it's essentially a, a savings account, you know, with that place. Right. But you're like saving onto this thing and stuff. And I just I I, I feel like I wanna <laughs> I wanna instruct people that go into those rent to own places or errands and, and nothing against people that work there. I mean everybody needs a job and stuff, but I'm like you realize you're paying like twice as much as you need to. Like right. hey, like come to the Michael layaway plan. I'll buy the thing <laughs> for you. I will hold it for you for six months and you pay me off and then I'll give it you know, like whatever it yeah. is. And right. it's just like I, right. I feel like I wanna like educate people that, you know, you keep digging yourself in this hole because mm. you're not realizing that level of what you're paying for, you know? And so yeah. so places like Lens Rentals are different, right? Because you're probably never going to buy that $4,000 body uh, camera, right? Mm-hmm. Or camera mm-hmm. body, you know? But if you have the opportunity and you're going on to a really cool trip that Kevin won't tell anybody about until he gets back, yeah, um, <laughs> you know, that's an awesome opportunity because you wouldn't normally have that. Like, yeah, maybe you would have got took taken your Nikon D60 and that was a good camera. But like you yeah. said, it's 12 years old and... You know, you just had the kit lens with it, so you'd probably have to buy right. some nice lenses, and then you you're already now another twelve hundred bucks into it. But now, yeah, you have this amazing yeah. camera, this amazing kit, and everything for two hundred and fifty bucks, and you're gonna just be like, wow, these pictures are amazing. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, no, n- yeah, no doubt. But it it's like, so I I see the the allure of rental. You know, you 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 get to use something that you don't need you don't necessarily need mm-hmm. but it 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 kind of makes me wonder like what is something that you would it doesn't matter like i i need to because that's the thing that's you know it's like spotify for instance i pay a monthly rental and i have all of this music mm-hmm. but i don't really own this music mm-hmm. And so what is something that I mean I, I don't know I just feel like there's some type of like pride in like I I own like I I you know I saved up for it I bought it you know and I own it and you just you don't have that when you're just paying month after month yeah. you know Yeah So I just is is there something that you would just not budge on you're like I don't care if it makes financial sense that I can rent this over buy it. I want that kind of pride that comes with like I own this. Mm-hmm. I think just the first thing that came to my mind is I was at a work conference once and we had hired this presenter to speak and he had spoken that his child is never going to own a car. Uh-huh. And you know, it's one of it, he he says it to elicit a reaction from the crowd, right? Like, right, right. Like, and in his mind, the future is going to be 
you're not going to own a car. You're going to use an app that somebody comes and picks you up and takes you where you want to go. Right. And even beyond that, it's not going to be a person picking you up. It's going to be an autonomous car that's like a bubble, right? And it's literally like anytime, anywhere, there's just these cars and they come pick you up and stuff. Now, could happen in certain cities, couldn't not happen. I'm not going to argue one way or the other, right? But right. But, but but my thinking when when you asked that question was that there's still some illicit thing with owning a car that I don't know if I could ever do. And that's essentially what you're doing, right? You're renting a vehicle to take you to point A to point B, right? Yeah. It you uh-huh. know, might not be called renting a car, but, you know, like in our current lexicon of renting, right? You go to, uh, um, you know, uh, I can't think of the car rental places. But, you know, you go to a car rental place and you rent a car, you know, for a week. Um, but I, when you ask that, that's immediately what jumped to me. And, and it, mm-hmm. it's kind of funny mm-hmm. because... I, I think about I've owned two cars. Um, I don't really count my first, the, like the Ford Tempo and stuff, because that was my dad's car that I just drove, and the same with the Kia Sophia and stuff. And then the first car I bought was my Honda Civic. And like, if I had rented a <laughs> random cars, you know, throughout those eleven years that I owned that Civic to drive me places, it might have yeah. made. Let's say in this hypothetical future where it makes financial sense, why are you spending three hundred seventy-five dollars a month? on a car payment mm-hmm. when you only drive $20 worth of car payments a month for rentals, mm-hmm. right? Like when we were right. DC, that was a perfect example. Literally we were paying um stupid amount of money to, to have a car in that building that we never drove mm-hmm. except for every other weekend or whatever it was to drive back to Ohio. It would have made more sense to be like, Hey, we're driving back to Ohio. It's going to be 80 bucks to rent a car once a month. Right. To drive right. and just have it for the weekend, but me giving up my car was never even really a an option, you know. Uh-huh. And then yeah. when, then when we moved to Seattle and we weren't like when we moved to Seattle, it, in my mind I was like, well, we're West Coasters now, or specifically Northwestern coasters, you know. And uh-huh. I didn't think we'd ever really move back. And so in my mind, I was like, of all places, huh. this is like the tech hub number two behind San Francisco. Autonomous cars, uh, Microsoft, all those things. I mean, I never drove my car, ever. I'd use the bus system. I would get an Uber. Or I'd get a Lyft. It was great for going out. You never needed to worry about having a designated driver. And it was just like, hey, we'll just take it. It was awesome. And we paid like $190 a month there. And I was really considering, like, could we just go without a car here? Because we knew so many people that didn't have a car in Seattle. Uh-huh. And when they yeah. wanted to go hiking, like, cause that's what I loved about Seattle is like, you literally drove, drove 10, 15 minutes outside the city and you're in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what people do. They just, you know, they would use, um, um, I can't even think of the, the services anymore, but like, you know, those rideshare companies where you're like, Oh, there's just a car in the street and I've got an app that open, locks the yeah. door for me. Right. Right. And, uh, so that's where I was like, Ugh, I don't know. I still think I need a car. <laughs> you know, I need to own a car. I need to, yeah, I need to yeah. know the problems with it. And oh, that clunk in the back left, that's my clunk. That's not just like some <laughs> rental car clunk, you know? Right. But, uh, um, right. So, okay. Now I'm going to throw it back on you. Okay. What in your life that you, you just couldn't, even if it makes the most financial sense to rent it, what do you need to own? So I I really like your car idea. So I'm trying to I I'm trying to not just, just take your idea. Well, there's yeah, nothing wrong with that. Your... But yeah, yeah, take your time. I mean, yeah, we're we're good. yeah. 
I I think it's I mean, I think it's it's going to have to be like a musical instrument, you know. Yeah. Like this hot new startup comes out and they're like rent, you know, you could spend fifty dollars a month and get all the guitars you you mm. you could want. You know, <laughs> wait a minute, Kevin. I think you just came up with a brilliant business idea that, yeah. <laughs> that I want to be a part of. <laughs> Take my money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but anyway, it's just like you need a Telecaster for tonight's gig. Well, let us know. You know, um, yeah. So I I think it, it has to be a musical instrument because I feel like there's there's a lot of um you kind of give yourself into that a lot from from picking it out to to the memories you make while uh-huh. playing different shows or even if you don't even play shows like like I was saying you know I I have this ukulele that I bought in Hawaii and that will always hold a real high sentimental value because it was like it was part of this 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 mile marker in my life mm-hmm. you know and I think that's just one thing that you just you 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 wouldn't have, you know. It's like if you don't own it, then I don't know. Like in a certain context, I feel like if you don't own it, you don't really care about it, you know. Mm-hmm. Like you, when when you rent a car, you don't give up. You don't give a flying, mm-hmm. you know, f about if you ding it or you know whatever. But if it's your own car, you're like. You know, you're parking a few extra parking spaces away because you don't want some D-bag banging doors into your car or mm-hmm. something like that. So I think there's there's kind of this level of pride that, that comes with actually owning something versus just, like, borrowing it or, or renting it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And the instrument is a good example of that. Um, there are things that you feel on your instrument that every single instrument is different even instruments that are uh-huh. like just kind of pre-manufactured on a machine and stuff there there's always like a slight variation on it and you could have six telecasters lined up and you pick up each one and something is just slightly different about the wood grain mm-hmm. on the neck mm-hmm. of one or the other you know and you go to play something different. Now they might all sound the same, right? To, to the end user, like, oh, that just you, you just played the exact same five licks. But when you're playing at that, you know, it's a mental thing, and it's it, if it, it feels right, it makes you happier, and then that obviously translates into you feeling better and probably playing slightly different, right? Slightly, like all, all that stems from how the instrument feels, mm-hmm. um, you mm-hmm. know. And I think you could say that for a lot of. Uh, instruments uh pianos and guitars you know probably even drums like oh this you know this kick pedal that i have that's got a slight squeak in it <laughs> you know it's right it's just right. got the right weight balance and i tried to, to switch it out and stuff and, and it just wasn't the same you know and a good yeah. example of that is um my bike that got stolen when i was in dc i replaced it with a newer model that was by all intents and purposes the same bike but just it had disc brakes now instead of, you know, the old school brakes. Mm-hmm. And same size, I got the same seat, all this stuff, and something was just off on it, you know? Yeah. And I, I couldn't yeah. put pinpoint. It's a really nice bike, and I mean, we've talked about it before, but something was just off, and, and, and who knows what it was. It was just that's 
the wrapping around the handlebars was slightly different, you know, of or the you know, there was a slight adjustment to the the handlebars that move them a little bit forward that I didn't know about. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, mm-hmm. it's one of those things, but I really like the, the instrument idea. Um, because, because, yeah. <laughs> because, well, not just, no, I like it as an answer to the question, but I do really like your, Hey, and I bet they already do that. I bet if you are a traveling musician for like an orchestra, I bet if your Stradivarius gets held up in customs, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and you're like, I need a really nice violin right now. Um, I bet there's in places like New York, I bet there's a place that you can rent a really nice instrument to, right. You know, but man, I don't know, Kevin, if I could f- for a monthly fee of a low monthly fee of $60 a month, get to play really awesome instruments. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, that, you know, that brings up a good point because how do you, pick an instrument out right you watch videos you read reviews right and then it's not until you go physically hold it and play it yourself do you know if it's for you or not right right um you know the uh what were the expensive bases that you know roach got but you were like looking at oh the modulus yeah like Uh that's a good example right because a lot of the jam bands that we followed all played modulus bases Right. And you going back to the music episode talking about Mo and, you know, Rob would be slapping the bass and stuff. I bet you were like, oh, man, I need to get a modulus. I don't know if Rob played right. modulus at that time. But you were like, oh, well, that's what he chose. So it's got to be great. Right. Or, I mean, you know, like what was your decision making with a Warwick? You know, like how, how did you pick that? Um, you, you know what? I think it was just because they were really pre- <laughs> they were really pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they obvious they obviously played good, but I think it was that um, they felt very exotic, you know, yeah. and and that was like their whole thing. They're they're hand built in Germany, and they're you know the the wood is African bubinga and <laughs> like all of this stuff, and so it just it, it that that allure of of this is not just a I mean you know just pump pump it out on a factory mm-hmm. like it just it felt very very exotic yeah um and and imagine if you spent all this money you were like i saved up two grand right and you're like that's my base right and you play it a sight unseen right you just order it from sweetwater and it shows up and you're like yeah and then you're like oh like something's off but i just spent two grand on this so it has to be my base right or you know there's there's nothing and so you have to play these instruments to get get a feel for them Mm -hmm. and i have a like uh, this happened to me recently i mean (laughs) i haven't bought a guitar in you know uh, 10 years nine years um which sounds like a long time but to people that were with instruments it doesn't sound that long at all like oh i've had the same guitar for 25 years and stuff right but i will go through phases where i'm like ooh, i really want that guitar uh-huh. And Yamaha came out with a um, a guitar that, by all intents and purposes, looks amazing. It looks exactly what I would want. I watched videos of it. It sounds great. Um, it's gorgeous to me. It looks different enough that I'm just like, it's it's a cool-looking guitar, like your Warwick. You know, they look really cool. Right, and it's right. called the Yamaha Revstar series. And Yamaha, um, if you get a true Yamaha guitar or any instrument, it's made in Japan. Right, that's mm-hmm. that's their made in USA version, right? So Fender has right. their American right. Strat series. Yamaha has 
this is made in Japan, and then everything else is outsourced to Indonesia. That's their cheaper models. And similar to Mexico strats um, for Fender Mexico strats, Mexico Fender strats are just as good as American Fender strats, but it's like this. Fender the, the the musical industry in figured out the made in USA way before everybody else should have like it should have been a sense of of like pride and like oh quality right like right oh yeah right. you can buy the Rocky boots that are made down in you know Puerto Rico but if you want them the, the, it's the same same boot right there's the Puerto Rico boot but if you want the made in USA boot it's an extra hundred dollars and so you give the people the choice. Instead, Rocky said, oh, yeah, we're just moving production to Puerto Rico and keeping the prices the same. And then quality dropped for five years before they figured stuff out, right? Mm. But Fender and a lot of musical companies figured this out where they were like, we're going to keep our Made in American, uh, made in America stuff. It's going to be the same price. Um, maybe, a little, you know, we might have to raise prices a little bit. But we're going to introduce this lower line, like the Squire series and stuff that was made in Mexico. And it gives people that want to pay the lower price the ability to do that and mm. i think it's probably the most brilliant business thing to happen for as much as we hear people bitching about jobs going overseas and stuff is that is a perfect example of something you you want to support made in america jobs you got to buy the $1200 american strat if right. you don't doesn't right. care you don't care about it buy the $500 mexican strat there's really no tonal difference and a lot of people do they start out with mexican strats but you know what happens generally is when they start making more money they'll always end up buying the american strat later on in mm -hmm. life right because mm -hmm. it's like it's the aspirational you know quality made in usa thing right mm -hmm. I, I, I don't know I, i'd love to see like a, a business study on that just because i it, it's always fascinating me that 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 industry did that and no other industry has tried it you know yeah people yeah. either say oh we're still made in america or they'll say oh yeah we're we're designed in america but made in <laughs> china <Yeah. laughs> and it's like wouldn't it be cool to see that like i don't know i just would love to see that in other industries i guess is my point and mm. uh so anyways <laughs> back to the the, the rev star this yamaha guitar same thing their made in japan version is their more expensive version they have cheaper versions that are made in indonesia so i was like you know they're not crazy expensive guitars um i i was like oh i, I think i want to buy this guitar i just everything seems like it'd be perfect for me i went up mm -hmm. to guitar center once i played three different versions and immediately i was just like nope this is this is not for me and I can't tell you what yeah. it was. It was the, the feeling. It felt felt too coarse. <laughs> it's kind of like my describing beers. Like I, I can't articulate why I like something versus don't like it. And right. I am so thankful that I had a store to be able to go into to try those. Because if I just bought it sight unseen, yeah, Sweetwater offers an, an amazing return policy. But there's this like, ugh, I have to return this and go through the process of returning it. Yeah. And yeah. not that that would stop me from getting a thousand dollars back or whatever. But it's like this, I, I hope we can always like continue to try things before we buy, you know, like, right. And, and that's why I'm kind of hopeful that maybe this rental thing could like, when you, you joked about like having a $60 month rental thing, I'd be like, I would try so many guitars. I'd be like, yeah. there might be some random guitar that like looks wise. I don't like at all. I'd be like, Ooh, that's ugly. I, you know, I don't right. like the Fender Jaguars that, uh, right. You know, right. so-and-so played, 
but I might play it and be like, oh my god, I've been missing out. This is my guitar now. You know, it's like, I don't mm-hmm. know, I just got mm-hmm. kind of chills when you said that, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, it's like one of those things, it's like you are inundated with brand loyalty before you even like begin your journey as a musician. You know, you're you're watching your favorite musicians and they're using this brand. So, of course, that's the brand you want to do. Mm-hmm. But like you said, there might be like I have never played a Yamaha bass, but you know, it might be the best bass for me. But it's just like, do I want to spend whatever a grand or whatever it is for a bass? Yeah, because I mean, yes, I'm, I'm so I think there's some value in playing it in in a music uh, a music store Mm -hmm. but it's kind of like it's kind of like you don't really know until you kind of have it a while yeah exactly you know and it's like drinking a beer you know you you might have a a negative reaction at first but then you're like oh yeah the the yeah you're like i i kind of like this (laughs) so good on the lips (laughs) no i think i i think that's I think that's a good segue to the ending of this because I think that was a good discussion. And mm-hmm. I, I love that we had really no idea what we we're going to talk about and we just talked for an hour. And <laughs> it was a pretty good episode about stuff. Um, but, I, man, I like, okay, let's go ahead and wrap it up unless you want to talk about anything else. No, okay. I, I'm, yeah, I'm good. So <laughs> I have been really. The, the song I'm going to recommend tonight is from the band Muse, and they've had a few radio hits. And I, I would say when I first heard them, I was like, this is like, to me, if Radiohead took, even though Radiohead said they weren't influenced by Pink Floyd at all, which is probably true, but they were influenced by the people that were influenced by Pink Floyd. And then uh-huh. like they kind of came around to being similar to Pink Floyd without like knowing it. To a certain degree, I'm not saying they sound like Pink Floyd, but like their methodology, their way of thinking about music, the music industry, their albums themselves, that type of thing. So there's like this one half that followed that, and it was like Radiohead, and people were even comparing them to Pink Floyd when they had um, OK Computer come out in 96 mm-hmm. or 97. Mm-hmm. But then there's this other half of Pink Floyd that's like weird dream, not dreamscapes, but weird musical landscapes that are the foundation for the music, right? Like it's just... We're going to have this musical landscape, and then there's, like, stuff added onto it. Now, now I'm oversimplifying both Pink Floyd and Radiohead and Muse. But when I first heard Muse, I was like, I, I wonder if these guys listen to Pink Floyd. <laughs> like, even though they don't sound like Pink Floyd, I got, like, yeah. similar feelings to some of their music. And um, some of their radio hits are definitely, like, uh, kind of more anthem-y. Like, hey, we're going to make an anthem song. But um, I heard this on the radio the other day, and it just kind of... Muse is always one of those bands, and I'm like, I really like them. Why don't I listen to them more? And mm-hmm. I heard this like two weeks ago, and I've just been listening to this song a ton. And um, I just think it's really cool. It's it's Muse, and the song is called Dig Down. Dig Down. Dig Down. Dig Down. And find
Okay, Kevin, are you ready for another?